are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Monday show for you. We're going to go over those plays from this weekend in college and pro. We did finish over 500 for the weekend, so that's good. Win another best bet in college. That was a no-doubter and underdog winning outright. I did great in my pro plays, and I want to point something out about them that I've told you week in and week out. We'll go over all that. I've got a new pet peeve in football in general, college and pro. I've got an unbelievable stat involving Tom Brady that I think will never be broken, but it's possible. It's possible it could. But I, I've this is an incredible stat, just absolutely out there. We're going to talk uh, some college football in regards to uh, a few games that I want to point out, point out some statistics to, and then we're going to end with Major League Baseball playoffs. I mean, what can be better than Game 7 tonight? You know? The Texas Rangers just will not die. They are now 7-0 and on the road in the playoffs. You can't explain it. You cannot explain it after winning the first two in Houston, coming home, and losing all three at home, including that gut-wrencher on Friday, having a two-run lead heading into the top of the ninth, and Altuve hits a three-run home run off your closer, but then to bounce back and win game six, hey, this is all you can ask for. And I can't even tell you who the hell, who the hell has any momentum and who the hell is going to win this game tonight. I'm just going to sit back, cross my fingers, and hope the Rangers win. We'll get to all that momentarily. All right, let's start off in college football this past weekend. I went 5-5, five and five, and you might be saying, but Steve, you gave out 11 plays. Well, I did, but since this is a free service and I'm just giving you my thoughts and I have no way of informing you about late-breaking action, um, I found out after I gave out the plays on Friday that UAB's quarterback, Jacob Zeno, was out, so there was no way I was going to bet them with a backup quarterback. So I'm taking that off the dog's play because you shouldn't have played it with him out. So best bet winner on Boston College, plus four and a half. They won 38-23. They win the game outright. Boston College is a decent football team this year. And, you know, six games they've played now. And five, what is it, or seven of them? Seven games they've played. Five of them have been decided by three points or less. They got blown out in one of the other ones, and then they kind of blew out Georgia Tech this weekend. But they were never trailing, if I'm not mistaken, or never not covering four and a half points. And that line went up to six on Saturday morning. So if you put it in at six, whether you got it at four and a half on Friday, six on Saturday, didn't really matter. They win the game outright. So we are now six, one, and one on the college best bet. In my other picks, Georgia Southern, minus 17, was a loser. They were up by 21 at one point, but then uh, ULM cut it to three. Georgia Southern got a late touchdown. They win by 10. Do not cover. Did not do good on those two totals that I gave out. South Carolina, Missouri, if I would have known that Shane Beamer was going to kick a field goal every time he got into the red zone, uh, maybe I would have taken the under. Four field goals that he kicked when he was down by at least three touchdowns every time he kicked a field goal. It was... I mean, that's mind-numbing. 34-12 to 12 was the final. Yeah, 46 points. The total, I said, go over 60. Wasn't close because Shane Beamer 
doesn't like scoring touchdowns, apparently. And then the FSU Duke under 49. Hey, as I say, when we handicap all these games, you basically, especially when you're dealing with totals, you have to hope that there are no defensive or special teams touchdowns. And Duke returned an interception for a touchdown. And on the very next kickoff that Duke kicked off, Florida State returned it for a touchdown. So that's 14 points right there on defense and special teams. And there was 58 points total scored in the game. So you do the math. Had easy winners on Washington State and BYU. I should say an easy winner on Washington State because they did score a touchdown with under a minute to go to cut it to a 14-point loss. But they were covering most of the game, especially most of the first half. They were covering the whole first half. Oregon pulled away late in the fourth quarter and then gave up a backdoor touchdown. So we'll take the backdoor. BYU, that was a straight winner from the get-go. They never trailed. getting, And that line was down to three on Saturday morning, and they won outright. So I went two and three on those picks my underdog picks like i said uab forget it throw that game out that's a no play ucf was never in doubt and they should have won that game against um oklahoma they were there the whole time they outplayed oklahoma i told you that oklahoma has an issue every year they seem to blow a game where they are favored by double digits usually at home and i've got the statistics to back it up and we'll probably go over that tomorrow uh and then we should have won the other underdog play with Navy because I don't even understand what they did at the end of the game. I don't know if you saw it, but it was 17 nothing. We're getting 10 and a half. Navy scores a touchdown with 30 seconds left. And they went for two. <laughs> Why? What was the point? Even if you get the two-point conversion, you're still down nine. That's still a two-possession game. I could totally understand it if you would have cut it to eight. But 17, it would have been 17 to 8. It would have been down by 9. I cannot believe we lost a game because of that. But we did, so we take the L. And 1-1 one and one on the underdog plays. We had already lost um, the uh, three-team 10-point uh, teaser going into the weekend. I added another one. That was a winner. BC, obviously, uh, plus 14.5. They won the game by 15. Penn State, Ohio State under. That was never even close to going over. They were 32 points scored. So that game went under by 23 points. And then we, you know, um, that's why we tease uh, totals. And we tease that one up. Florida State Duke under 59. And there were 58 points scored total. So we win that teaser. Five and five overall in college. In the pros, a great, great weekend, I thought, because we hit every play that wasn't an under or a tease. So we finally hit a best bet winner in pro football. Eagles minus two and a half. It got a little hairy there in the third quarter, 17-17, but the Eagles, if you watched the game, the only reason it was 17-17 was because Miami scored 10 of their 17 points uh, directly off turnovers. One was a pick six, and one was a fumble by Jalen Hurts where Miami took over on the 20 ended up kicking a field goal. So if that doesn't happen, that game is a bigger blowout than even the scoreboard indicated. We won all of our picks. Bears plus two and a half, one outright. Broncos plus one and a half, one outright. Colts plus three. Should have won the game. Horrible officiating at the end, but we'll take it. They only lose by one, and we win that. Chargers were the only loser, real bad loser on the day. Although they were close. They were there 24-17 in the fourth quarter, and they had the ball, and they were inside the red zone, and... Justin Herbert threw a pass that got tipped in the air and intercepted, and that was pretty much all she wrote. And then three-team 10-point teaser. I mean, who would have thought the Bills would lose to the Patriots? Nobody, huh? I certainly didn't. And 
you know, even if they would have played it close, didn't make a lot of sense. But they, um, you know, had the Chargers plus 15, that covered. Bears plus 12 and a half, that covered. But the Bills uh, lose that teaser for us. But four and two in pro. And I'm happy with those four plays. And this is exactly what I've kind of talked about all season long is you really, you almost have to do the opposite of what happened the week before. Because what did I say going into the weekend? I've got four games, you know, or five games, not counting the three, the, the three team ten point teaser. The five solo bets that I made ended up going four and one. Chargers the only loser. I said all five of these teams lost outright last week and didn't cover. And I said these are ugly. I know they're ugly, but I also know the way the NFL works. And if you looked at their opponents, every single one of their opponents won last week and covered. So you had a team coming off a loss that didn't cover and their opponents coming off a win and did cover. (laughs) And four of the five, the team that looked horrible last week, ended up winning. Eagles, horrible loss to the Jets. Playing Miami, who covered last week against Carolina. Eagles win the game outright. The Bears, they lost at home last week, didn't cover. Who'd they play? Vegas who won at home last week and covered the Broncos, one of the worst teams in football. Who did they, they, they looked bad last week. They lost and didn't cover. Who did they play? They played green Bay. Green Bay was coming off a bye, So that was the only one that wasn't coming off a win, but they were coming off a bye. Broncos win and cover Colts. We all know what happened to them last week. We had them as one of our plays and they just committed too many turnovers and lost in Jacksonville by 17 who did they play? They played the Cleveland Browns, who had the biggest win of the season, beating the only undefeated team left at, or not the only one, but one of two undefeated teams last week in the NFL. They beat the 49ers at home, winning outright as a seven and a half point dog, sometimes even nine point dog. And what did I tell you? The only reason I'm picking Indianapolis, I was like, this line makes no sense. And this was when I didn't think Deshaun Watson was playing. He was playing. He ended up playing. Now, granted, he got hurt, but he got hurt in the second quarter, didn't play the rest of the game. But I told you from the very beginning on Friday, this line made no sense to me. Or it made sense in the terms of, I know the public is going to be all over Cleveland. Because, oh my gosh, they just beat the Niners, and now they have to beat the Colts, who just lost by 17 to Jacksonville? And the line was three. And we needed all three points because... They won by two. So four of those five games, like I said, teams that looked bad last week. And I'm going to I'm gonna look at that going forward. I'm telling you. Not saying that team can't look bad two weeks in a row, but if a team is off a loss and didn't cover and they're playing somebody off a win who did cover, it's seriously a game to look at because most people just look at, well, what happened the week before? And the people see, oh, this team won and covered and they're playing a team that looked terrible. Oh, let me take that team again. And – it worked against you this week. It worked in our favor. 4-0 on those games. The underdog play loses with the Chargers. Three-team 10-point teaser loses. Disappointed in that. Bills just choked away. I mean, the Bills took the lead at the end. They would have covered that tease, and somehow the New England Patriots, one of the worst teams in football, drove 80 yards on them with Mac Jones in less than two minutes. Explain that. You can't. I realize what one of my pet peeves is in football now, college and pro, and it... <laughs> It may be so minuscule, but it drives me up a wall. Well, there's two things. and one One's an announcer cliche, and one is something that happens on the field. 
The announcer cliche is anytime an analyst says they're dialing up something, dialed up the blitz. Can we just find a different phrase? I just I hear that so many times that they dialed it up. It drives me up a wall. I just want people to change it because it seems like every analyst says they dialed up the blitz. Kirk Herbstreet loves dialing up the blitz. Oh, he loves it. And I love Herbstreet. I think he's one of the best. He's the best college football analyst out there. But he says dial up the blitz way too much. Now, here's another thing that's driving me nuts about football. And this has probably been going on for years. And I've noticed it for years, but this is the first time I'm really saying it out loud. When a defense gets a pick, or even if the offense breaks away for a run, that everybody on the sideline, or many people on the sideline of the team, of the guy who has the ball who's running towards the end zone, has to wave their arms in the direction of the end zone, and you know, even though we can't hear them, they're all saying, go, 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 go. And I, and I get it. People are excited or whatever. But the pointing, why the pointing? It seems a little redundant. I think the guy who's already running in that direction doesn't need a map to know where to go. <laughs> Anytime you see, especially on a pick six, uh, the whole sideline is just pointing, go, go, go. It's like, okay, just say go, 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 go. You don't have to point. He knows where he needs to go. The point of football is to get into the end zone. Unless he's running the complete opposite way and he's running towards the other end zone, you don't need to point, especially when he's, I don't know, 15, 20, 25 yards into his run. He clearly knows where he's going and where he needs to go. You don't need to point to the end zone. Can we stop this? A couple other things in college football. Air Force. One of the reasons I bet Navy this past weekend was because the Air Force quarterback was going to be out, likely will be out a while. That's what the head coach of Air Force said, that the quarterback was going to likely be out a while. He said that on Tuesday. Now, obviously, that's three days before the game, four days before the game. But (laughs) when a coach says likely out a while, that was the reason I gave out Navy as the pick. Then three hours before game time on Saturday, we find out the Air Force quarterback, the quarterback of a team that's undefeated and leads the nation in rushing, is going to end up playing. (laughs) Now, I could have taken that off the board and said, look, the only reason I bet Navy and told you to bet Navy was because I was told the Air Force quarterback was out. But I'm going to leave it in there as a loss. It probably should have been a win, but, you know, I told you about the whole extra point thing. But that is really, really weird. I don't know if that was gainsmanship or he was sandbagging, but to say on a Tuesday our quarterback's likely going to be out a while, and then four days later he can start and play? I don't know what happened there, but I... And this is the service academies, like the most upstanding men in our country. Maybe not the coach, because that was a flat-out lie. I Either he was exaggerating on Tuesday, or this guy had a miracle recovery in four days. Likely out a while on Tuesday to starting on Saturday? Hmm. Questionable. The Iowa Hawkeyes aren't very good, especially on offense. This isn't news to anybody who's ever watched Iowa Hawkeye football. I would rather poke my eyes out with a pencil than watch Iowa Hawkeye football. And I didn't watch a second of the Iowa-Minnesota game, which had a record low 30-and-a-half over under, and yet it still went under the posted total by eight points. Still under the total. 12-10 to final. Did you see what Iowa did in the second half? Or how about I rephrase this? 
did you see what Iowa didn't do in the second half? That was have any semblance of an offense. These are Iowa's seven second-half drives. You ready? Three plays, no yards, punt. Two plays, minus six yards, fumble. Three plays, three yards, punt. Three plays, three yards, punt. Three plays, minus 18 yards, punt. Three plays, 27 yards, holy shit, punt. Three plays, minus seven yards, interception. That is a grand total of 20 plays in the second half for two yards. (laughs) I mean... But it, the thing is, they've always been this way. Like, why don't they recruit offensive players? I understand that their philosophy is run the ball, play good defense. And maybe that'll get you sit. It's a reason why Kirk Ferentz wins six, seven, eight. Maybe every once in a while he'll throw in a nine or ten win season. But you cannot consistently win in college football if you're still playing a game from the 1950s with three yards and a cloud of dust. Like, those are horrible second-half numbers, 20 plays for two yards total in the second half. But we've seen some putrid offense. Remember last week when Iowa had 27 yards passing total in the game and yet still won in Wisconsin 15-6? You know another stat from that game that I didn't tell you? Iowa never ran a play in Wisconsin territory. (laughs) I don't know how you win a game 15-6, never running a play in the other team's territory, but Iowa did it. And then Iowa gives you a 20-play, two yards in the second-half offense this past weekend against Minnesota. Like, how, how anybody even attends an Iowa football game without wanting to murder themselves afterwards is beyond me. I got one really good stat for you in the NFL before we get to Major League Baseball playoffs. And I heard this on the Dan Lebitard show, so all credit goes to him. It is the most mind-blowing stat that I've ever heard. But right now we have somebody who I guess could approach it, but we are still way early. Tom Brady played in the NFL for 22 years. 22 years Brady played. Every time in 22 years that Tom Brady took a snap from under center, his team was not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Every single game that he played in, he was playing for a chance to be in a playoff game later on in the season. Never in a game where he was mathematically eliminated. In 22 years. Now, Patrick Mahomes is six years into his career, and I already know he's, every snap he's taken, he's not been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs because he's been to the playoffs every year. He's been a quarterback. So I just am curious to see if he's going to go his whole career of making the playoffs. So you have to keep that in mind. He's the only one right now. I can't, there's no, there's nobody else. I don't think right now in the NFL. And if they are, they're one year in, you know, to their career, you know, was there a rookie last year that made the playoffs? I I can't remember off the top of my head, but just looking at quarterbacks right now, Desmond Ritter, I'm just looking at yesterday's schedule. Desmond Ritter, no. Baker Mayfield, no. Jimmy Garoppolo and whoever else on Vegas, no. Justin Fields, no. Gardner Minshew, no. Deshaun Watson, no. 
Jared Goff, no. Lamar Jackson, no, because he's played in games. He's he's had, uh, you know, I'd have to uh, do a deep dive on Lamar only because I know there were seasons where he was hurt. Like, he didn't finish out last season, so I guess, you know, he missed the last six games. When he went out, they were in playoff contention. They certainly weren't eliminated. So Lamar is a possibility. I'm trying to remember if he's made the playoffs every other year that he played. Josh Allen, no. Mac Jones, no. Sam Howell, no. Tyrod Taylor and Daniel Jones, no. Joshua Dobbs, no. Geno Smith, no. Matt Stafford, no. Steelers, uh, Kenny Pickett, no. Mahomes, yes. Justin Herbert, no. Green Bay, Denver, no, no. Uh, Russell Wilson, probably last year was Russell Wilson because I think he had made the playoffs every year with the Seahawks, right? If not, he was close. But last year with Denver, definitely um, played games where they were mathematically eliminated. Jalen Hurts, he's a possibility. I think he's made the playoffs every year. He's taken a snap. However, he's also in year three. So we're he's got 19 years to catch Brady. And look, Mahomes is only at six years. So let's keep that in mind. And Tua, no. Just a crazy stat. Every single time he took a snap, his team was in playoff contention. And let's wrap up with this. Major League Baseball playoffs. Last night, Rangers force a game seven. They win 9-2. They break it open in the ninth inning. They only up 4-2 heading into the ninth. I was even texting my friend. I said, look, I'm going to have a heart attack with this Texas Ranger bullpen because no lead is safe with them. So I'd hope they tack on some runs here. And they did. They tacked on five, which put the game out of reach but you know what are you going to say about game seven tonight i can't tell you who has momentum i have no idea i mean i i like the fact that max scherzer is going to pitch but you know max scherzer has also pitched one time in the last month and he lasted three innings and that was five days ago so you know a normal max scherzer a full season max scherzer absolutely i want him taking the ball and getting up on that bump in game seven but these same two pitchers matched up five days ago, last Wednesday, and Christian Javier just dominated the Rangers, and Max Scherzer couldn't get out of the third inning. So, But this is game seven. You throw everything away. I, you know, you want to say the momentum's with the Rangers now. They just took it back. But let's just, again, with the momentum thing. It's stupid. It makes no sense. Rangers had all the momentum winning games one and two in Houston and coming home, and then they lose three in a row. Then the Astros had all the momentum going home where all they have to do is win one of the last two, and they've already lost one. So let's throw momentum out the window. You heard the stat last night. No team has ever made the playoffs in baseball that had a losing record at home during the regular season. The Astros did. That favors the Rangers tonight. But it's just one game. It doesn't mean that streak can't end. Does it bode well for the Rangers? Yes, because the Rangers haven't lost on the road this year, nor have they lost in Houston in this series. So I don't care where the game is at tonight. It just comes down to who's going to execute better. If Max Scherzer isn't on his game and the Astros are taking batting practice off him like they did last Wednesday, the Rangers are going to lose. And if the Rangers don't address their approach to Christian Javier, they're going to lose. Another way they can lose. But what if Christian Javier isn't as on his game, and Max is. Like, we could have a 180 from what happened last Wednesday. Nobody knows. Nobody has any sort of feel for this. What I do know is that the Rangers do have history working against them, 
because we talked about this on Friday, only one time in the history of sports in Major League Baseball, the NHL, or the NBA, sports that have playoffs with seven-game series. Those are the only of the three major sports. Obviously, football doesn't have that. So baseball, basketball, and hockey, only one time in the history of playoff sports has a seven-game series been won by the road team all seven games. And that was the 2019 World Series with the Nationals beating the Astros. Nationals won the first two games in Houston, lost the middle three at home in Washington, won game six and game seven in Houston. And Max Scherzer was the one who pitched game seven, who started game seven in Houston. So kind of fitting. He's the one starting tonight for the Rangers and kind of fitting that the one time it has happened in sports history, it happened against the Astros. And it was only four years ago. So while history is against the Rangers, since it's only happened once in the history of sports, (laughs) the one time it did happen was in this exact same scenario, same team and same opposing pitcher. So crossing my fingers tonight, I have no idea what's going to happen. The Rangers could get hot. The Astros could get hot. The Rangers could go cold. The Astros could go cold. It could be a close game. It could be a blowout. It could be decided by an error in the bottom of the ninth inning. We have no fucking idea. All I'm going to do is turn it on at 7 o'clock my time, sit back, and just hope for the best because that's all you can do. Go fucking Rangers. All right. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. Pass it along to your friends. Let them know about it. Hey. Six, one, and one in college best bets. Doing really well in my NFL picks, too. 15 and seven now on my NFL picks. Not my best bet, not my underdog play, not my three team teaser. Just the other plays that I give you. 15 and seven now after going three and oh this past weekend. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Tell your friends about it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.